As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one, the only, Shooter Magooter. Shoots, how are we tonight? Doing great. We got a, got a lot to dig into. We got a mega episode, as you like to call it. I do. So, feeling good. Feeling enthused to, to get into it, mix it up, see what's going on, and give our thoughts out there. I think everybody's been waiting. Yeah, they're waiting for these sweet, sultry voices to dish out some Beverly Hills. And I, I missed talking about it last week. You know, I, I look forward to our, our little Wednesday night rendezvous. I will say, I can officially like declare this an affair, because Dev's down to shore... And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll invite Shooter over. We can watch it together, have a little dinner, like just, you know, have some bro time. And he was like, nah, dude, like I, I'm going to have dinner with my uh, my girlfriend and her dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, you know, I'm the side chick. I'm the side piece. Yeah, That's- you really are. I mean, honestly, like you had to be an asshole last week, go to vacation and... I felt a little scorned. So, you know, I got to take it out some way. <laughs> That's how you did it. Yeah, you could stay and watch alone. It was me and Lou sitting on the couch. I mean, which is, you know, Lou's great company, but. How well trained is Lou? Lou's fantastically trained. And I'm going to do the dog thing one more time because Beverly Hills last week, this is my first time getting to talk about it. The fucking dog, Sutton's dog this time, rips up the goddamn sod. Like, you're ripping up lawn care. You know how expensive that shit is? Mm-hmm. Especially, I'm assuming California can't be cheap. No, I mean, it's got to be the equivalent of dumping ice into your pool in Dubai, right? right? Like, yeah. and the dog just rips it up, and they're chasing him around the yard. The sun's fed up, which I thought was, he's like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, someone get a hold of these dogs, train them, take care of them. I'm sick of this shit. I don't want to have Dog Corner every fucking time we have this show, but I will continue to do it to raise awareness of training dogs properly. It is crazy. There is a strong correlation between reality stars and their dogs being poorly trained. And I like to think that these reality stars, yeah, they have their day jobs to an extent. Like maybe they have a retail store, whatever. But for the most part, we usually just see them sitting at home. What are you doing? Not taking care of your dog? Nope. Nope. Or pay somebody. Have fucking... Who's the dog whistle, uh, dog whisperer guy? Oh, I forgot. I remember that show. Bruno something or other. Um, I can't remember what his name is, but yeah. Have someone come over and just train your dog. The ironic part was Kyle. Um, <clears throat> the ironic part is Kyle, when I think Dorit comes over to her, somebody comes over to her house in the most recent episode. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a mess in here. There's dog trainers. There's this. There. I was like, there's dog trainers. Well, get your money back because they're not doing a very good job. Nope. But we'll get into all that later. I'm excited. We got the the double Rob, huh? Um, But first and foremost, I want to address we are adding a second episode every week. We're going to give you guys a little extra Brav Bros every week. Just a little 30-minute recap of um, a show that you selected. We did a little TikTok, asked you to comment and like, and lots of you commented and liked. So we have a definitive answer. That's Below Deck. Yeah, now I'm, I am interested to see which franchise we should get into. I know that there's a more... God, this is a pun that I really don't want to make, but there's a flagship. <laughs> um, 
And I know there's a couple other ones I was told from my aunt. I was down at the beach last week as well. I didn't make a big deal about it. You know, I still watch the show on Wednesday night, as I should. But uh, my aunt actually suggested doing Below Deck Down Under because that just came out. There's a whole season. And I was told by her there's a really hot captain. Oh, really? So, I mean, that's right up our alley. Uh, yeah, you know, we love hot captains here, so... Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. But I will put a poll out because I don't know if the focus like people seem to want us to dive into the vaults a little bit. Yeah, and that, I think that's fine because what what that'll do is get people to rewatch. So I mean, I guess free marketing for Bravo. But yeah, oh, are people, you insinuating we should get like a, a bump back? Yeah, I mean, if this works out and all of a sudden they're like, "What the <laughs> hell happened?" Blue Deck has you know ten thousand more uh, watchers for season one. Here we are, right here. Yeah, just throw us a little bit. You know, just, you know, just how about an invitation to BravoCon? Take we'll Chef take Rachel's salary and send it over to us. Oh, we'll take it. Don't start shit with her. I'm not going to bitch about Austin. <laughs> you can just give me the money. Oh, speaking of, I do want to talk about like one thing that I think is really funny with the comments. When we have opinions about the vast majority of cast members on any show... If people don't agree with it, they tend to be pretty funny about it. Like, they'll take little jabs and, like, poke fun. I've noticed, though, Patricia and Whitney fans, they clap back so hard. Like, they're not happy when you come after Whitney or Patricia. They're like, you need to get a sense of humor. They're great. You suck. You know what that is? They must be, like, <laughs> sitting around talking to their friends about Southern Charm. And they're always the one that defends Whitney and Patricia. And this is like their shtick now. And it's become their personality. So when they see slander, I don't even really think. I mean, we give them a hard time. But like, we don't talk about them to an extent. No. Mostly because we don't briefly. enjoy watching them. No. But yeah, we get ripped apart it's for that. It's so funny. It's like everyone else. Like if I talk shit about Austin, like people are like, oh, ha, ha. But you know, he's trying or whatever. It's usually pretty. Pretty lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Not Whitney and Patricia stands. It's like, you're stupid. They're great. We hate you. <laughs> yep. You know what? We don't need, I mean, we keep listening, but you know, we don't, we don't need those people in our life. Yeah. That's, we don't like that kind of energy. If you don't like our takes, you know, you're free to throw a sarcastic comment. Yeah. You can put us down a little bit, you know? Sure. Make fun of us. We yeah, can take it. We can take it. But you know, the mean comments, you don't, don't come at me, bro. <laughs> you gotta catch me outside. Come at me, bro, bro. Yeah, yeah, we're from Philly, dude. You don't come at us. Yeah, you don't want to catch these hands. Yeah. You ever heard of Rocky Balboa? <laughs> Let's get into it. We got a lot to cover, so we should start, you know, chipping away at this mountain here. Um, first and foremost, I just wanted to talk. There's a new show, apparently girlfriends in paris yeah i saw that i didn't look too much into the premise but i would imagine it's about girlfriends in paris i guess but uh, so the one comment that kind of threw me off i think bravo put it on their instagram it was you know these girls went to paris i'm like okay what do they do in paris like <laughs> are they exchange students are they like i don't know like, are they going to be American or are they going to be like, I think they're probably going to be American. I read the bio on one and she is from the States. She went to the American school in Paris. She got a pretty um, impressive resume as far as accolades. It's like she's um, gone to some pretty big schools, um, got some degrees, stuff like that. So 
real degrees or honor? No, degrees? actual. No, she's legit. Like she got okay. some. Um, and I need to look up the schools that she got them from. But yeah, she's got an impressive resume. So so that might be what it is. It might just be exchange students that go, or maybe not exchange students, but people who went there. Yeah, and, and maybe stayed. it's like you know the these girls are you know these strong independent women they're the girlfriends like they're going to show you the dating scene in paris but i don't know i mean i'm not sure it sounds a lot like that netflix show emily in paris there was comparisons there was a okay. lot of comparisons being drawn to that not that actually. i watched that but you know did you watch it no um dev watched it uh i just like to keep up on current events <laughs> you're so fucking hip do some light reading you're so hip bro um i will say this and this is uh I saw a brief glimpse of the trailer, um, and it was like one of the shock scenes, and someone was throwing wine on somebody or some old trope that we see a lot, and here's what I think is going to become an issue with reality TV and shows like this moving forward from like this generation on. The Housewife franchises that we watched, you know, when they started out, like that was pretty new. Like they were doing something that really hadn't been done. So all the shit you're seeing is genuine. There's like real reactions. Sure, they're playing it up for the camera, but they don't have anything to base it off of. So it's all, you know, genuine. And we've seen this with Dubai. We've seen this with, you know, Ultimate Girls Trip. Women on the shows now are kind of understanding like, oh, we need these iconic moments. We need to have these catchphrases. We need to have these standout moments in the show or else we're not going to be a main storyline. And so I think the problem with these kinds of shows in the future is going to be like getting people to have genuine reactions, not trying to be scripted, not trying to be so on point that they're completely missing the mark. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is really on the producers because they're the ones behind the scenes that are pushing these women into situations that will create drama. So they have to be a little bit better. Now it's going to suck in, you know, five, 10 years when these housewives that we know now and Southern charm, summer house, like people that we know that are just kind of done with the show. Mm -hmm. Obviously they're going to have to infuse some new blood, new shows in here. And they're trying, I mean, again, Dubai's Dubai, but you're right. Like they can't force these situations or else it's going to be stale and kind of annoying. Let them grow and see how they are, I guess, together and then kind of get actual organic drama rather than just forcing it. Because we have yeah. that with Housewives. Like Housewives, Beverly Hills, like these women have known each other forever. Yeah, right. So if nothing else, they're going to get annoyed with each other just because they see each other all the time and they might not be friends anymore. So there's that component that makes things very raw and very good. You throw these new ones out there and you're like, all right, you need to have that moment. And they try and it's just like, eh, we've seen that before. That's what I'm saying. And that's yeah. what I'm afraid that there's going to be kind of like you said, a stale aspect where it's like, you know, it's not really doing it. So I, I'll obviously we'll watch it. We'll do our due diligence as always as journalists. Um, we have our fucking integrity yeah, and we will continue to do so. But um, moving on from that, I think the biggest news this week in all of bravo and this was a major bombshell is the fallout between joe gorga melissa gorga Teresa judice and louis um so what we know of it is some rumors are brought to light like days before the wedding and melissa and joe decided not to go they pulled out last minute so diving into the rumor um allegedly laura brought up some previous allegations against Melissa for cheating on Joe. Now, 
apparently there was two allegations. The one that's gaining the most traction was Nick Barada. Um, yeah, and that was the most recent because, like, on the message boards, if you will, mostly just Twitter, people knew about the older allegations, but then they didn't realize that there were much more recent allegations. And I guess this is the more recent one. Yeah, and the claim is that Marge walked in on them making out at some party or some bar, and then the whole situation came out because initially, before the season started, Marge and Lara realized they were going to be on camera together. They wanted to at least make it civil. So they had a conversation in person. It was like a four hour long conversation, I guess. And Marge brought it to Lara's attention that there were these rumors out there that Melissa had been unfaithful to Joe. Fast forward, major falling out between the two. That talk did not solve anything, I guess. that Maybe they were cool after that, but something happened where they, they blows up again. And that's when we get the text from Marge where she's claiming, you know, this woman's a beast. She's a liar. She's a snake. Now it makes more sense because Marge is like, oh, fuck, I got to cover my tracks. Like I stepped in it. I said too much. And now we're not cool. So this might come out. What a dumb thing to do by Marge, honestly. And like we gave her a little bit of credit last week when we were just trying to figure out you know, the head bitch in charge for Jersey. And we said it had to be Marge because she's the lesser of all evils. But if you're sitting down with someone that you have bad blood with in the past and you want to sit down and just kind of like clear the air before you're on camera together so it's not terrible why in the world are you divulging this kind of sensitive information because if it's marge you know she's holding on to something like this as sort of like a press all buttons nuclear bomb like if something goes down with teresa and melissa takes teresa's side boom do yeah, it. You've got Why the... are you telling somebody that you have bad blood with that's now going to be on the show that wants to pine for a storyline? It made no sense. It it's was... a dumb move. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it when I was reading all of the the backstory about it. And like, you know, she has no issue calling out Jennifer Aiden about this shit and mm -hmm. like her husband's past, but this stays kind of under the radar. And the whole point of it was to squash it before the season started. There were conversations had between Marge, between Teresa, between Joe, between Louie, like everyone kind of talked it out to avoid this scenario. Then Marge takes it upon herself to insult Jen again by calling her a drug addict. Jen goes to Danielle, new cast member, drops the Melissa bomb. Danielle confronts Melissa. Now it's out there on TV. Now everything comes to a head. I guess this was the finale. Yeah, it was the finale. And there were reports that the way that it all went down was between Joe and Louie. Louis was protecting Teresa, which, I mean, all the stories that are coming out, it sounds like Louis's just turning into like a good husband. I think and so. Protecting, I mean, you have to protect Teresa at all times because she's liable to do whatever the fuck she wants. And it could get really messy, but he's protecting her. Joe apparently charged Louis and they got into a huge brawl and security had to pull them apart. And that's for the season finale of this upcoming season. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's I'm I'm excited to see those two square off, I'll be honest. And it's it's a la Joe at the christening going at Joe Judice. Same mm -hmm. thing. Charges him, tries to start a brawl. Now I don't think this is at a christening. It's a lot funnier at a christening. <laughs> but I mean, if this is anything even remotely close to that, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I wanna I'm looking forward to seeing that finale. I'm looking forward to seeing the entire season. And you know, back to Teresa's wedding, I guess there was a lot of, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of dirt coming out. People are either trying to smear it or whatever. You know, we could get into her hair, but it would take too long as it's too high. But uh, 
You want to climb that mountain, so to speak? That way, I didn't get a chuckle. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some woman, um, I guess her daughter's friends with um, Teresa's daughter. And yeah. there was a text chain that she sent to um, some publication or something. Um, and it was talking about the actual goings on of the wedding. And I guess Teresa was a fucking nightmare. Like she was late. They wouldn't serve dinner until she wanted them to serve dinner. So it ended up like nobody was eating. She would not take any pictures with the vendors. Like she refused any pictures. With I'm them. so surprised at all of these. I things. know. Right. And then it got to the point where it took so long that people left. So by the time they did like the farewell shot with the sparklers and everyone's like, yeah, he's sending them off. Out of the 250 people, there was like 70 people left. Wow. Yeah, just because she was such like a nightmare and just not like, you know, she's Teresa being Teresa. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the pictures and I guess now that I'm thinking about it, all these pictures were during daylight. Mm -hmm. But she did have a good mix of other housewives coming in. I think Phaedra was there. Uh, Dorinda was Dorinda there. Dorinda was there. There was a couple of uh, Jersey, New York, Atlanta, kind of like a mix like that. Um, so, I mean, it looks like a good time and it's honestly like a mini Bravo con. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Bravo faces there. I, as far as a good time, I don't know. I, it doesn't sound like it from that text, but I, it made me so excited for Jersey to come back and like, I'm genuinely looking forward to it more so than I was before. And I think the main reason is like, people seem to be getting tired of Teresa's shit. And I've been tired of Teresa's shit for a long time. So I'm excited to see if the tables are actually going to turn this year. I'm excited to see if Melissa takes more of a spotlight and actually like steps up and has a storyline because she's more separated from Teresa this season, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And it is funny to kind of like look back at like where how far you and I have come in this show <laughs> and how many times we've been right and so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. This is one of them. I mean, one of the first things the I think we did like a controversial statement or whatever first like TikTok thing was Jersey would be a lot better without Teresa. Uh -huh. And people were angry. They weren't thrilled. But those same people are still commenting saying, "Oh yeah, Teresa's got to go." Yeah, she's it's a like, nightmare. Where the hell have you been? We've been this here the whole ago. time. Yeah, yeah, we've been here the whole time. I mean, we're we're just calling it out as it is. And this is what you get with a new perspective. And that's what, what we're here for. <laughs> what did you call? What's your your plural of Nostradamus? Nostradamus. We're Nostradamus. Yeah, cactus, cacti. <laughs> you know, the English language is a clusterfuck, but well, it's look, not that hard love, to figure out. We love math and we love the English language. That's oh, what yeah. we do here. And we just got some breaking news. Um, I guess Kathy Hilton's on Watch What Happens Live right now. Yep. As we're recording this, and Shooter was just checking his phone, um, she did the celebrity. It was named that celeb, and Andy was showing different pictures of celebrities, and Lizzo popped up, and Kathy Hilton said, "Precious." Oh, dude, she cannot avoid putting her foot in her mouth. I, I just don't think she gives a shit about digging a hole. And I, I'm so excited for what happens on whatever Beverly the fuck Hills. happened in Aspen. I'm so excited for that. Well, she's making it like pretty apparent that whatever was said was genuine, and like that's ah, fucking brutal. Boo. Yeah, I mean she's yeah. boo. Yeah, I don't we can like boo her. her. Yeah, boo Kathy Hilton. That sucks. But what, I will what a say, shitty answer. Great for TV. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, I guess. But this is where I have like my moral 
battles like is it good for tv i mean yeah it's you gotta throw morals out the window when it comes to the housewife shows though not when it comes to like shit like that like at some point like get that get her off the tv like that i don't think that's i don't know that sucks i think you were going to describe her and i wanted to hear what you (laughs) You said get that Get that woman off my screen. Yep. All right. That's what I'm going to say. There's definitely a few more words probably. No, in there's there, not. <laughs> um, but yeah, a little Bravo breaking news. <laughs> we don't have a soundboard yet. Uh, no, I think it's better without a soundboard. I think we just make our own sound effects with our uh, mouth. Like... <laughs> All right. I'm going to scrub that one. But yeah. No, yeah. I think way better without a soundboard. Um, but that takes us into... Um, Southern Charm, which was our main focus last week. Um, luckily, it's not our main focus this week because not a lot happened. It was pretty slow. Yeah, this is working out pretty well for us between this and Beverly Hills. Yeah. We take our breaks at the right time. It seems yeah, like. we, we time it out pretty well. Again, ahead of the curve. Yeah, we, Nostradamus. Yeah, we always um, know what's happening. Like Nostradamus. But, <laughs> um, I mean, the main points of this one, like, let's just jump around a little bit. We got um, Catherine and Austin are you know, getting their pedicures or doing their nails and all that shit. And they're just kind of like hashing out what's going on, you know, with Catherine and Caleb. And that's just kind of the segue into, we finally get to hear from Caleb's mom, like in person, they get to finally have this talk, which all we've heard this entire time is pretty much Caleb's mom's going to take Catherine's side. Catherine's support. Yeah. Catherine's the long lost cousin or the sister, if you will. I mean, it's, I don't know how close she is to the family, but going into it, I was like, oh, poor Caleb's just going to have his heart broken by his mom. And she was like, well, that's not worth it. Yeah, she's not the right girl. And like the funny thing is their conversation is the first time since all that shit went down at the party where he was like, you know, I was talking to Naomi and like I shot myself in the foot a little bit because previously his description of that conversation was, oh, Naomi wouldn't shut the fuck up about Catherine. She's a fucking C word, blah, blah, blah. And like stood by that, which, you know, obviously he's not going to come entirely clean when he's talking to Catherine, but they're one-on-one in a little flashback. And she's like, and you just sat there and let her talk shit because you wanted to be a good guy. Like, woof. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one to go by. And I really do hope that we get, and I assume we will get it, the a little standoff with Catherine, Naomi, whether Leva's the one to come to maybe Vanita or something and it works its way through the back channels. But you kind of need to see Catherine find out what Naomi and Caleb were talking about. Yeah, we need to see that come to a head for sure because one, say what you want about Catherine, okay? Say what you want about that relationship. I know Caleb is being like emotionally abused and like this is a terrible situation he's in. Regardless, like that's not a good move. It's not the right thing to do to talk shit about your girl to somebody that she's feuding with, regardless of the scenario. Yeah, it's duplicitous as fuck for Ooh, him nice to nice word. Thank you. For him to just bounce back and forth and play their drama off of each other because he's probably sitting there like, Oh, you know what? I can actually bitch to Naomi. Because Naomi's not going to go tell Catherine. If I go do this to Madison, if I go do this to maybe, I mean, Austin's getting a pedicure with Catherine. Like, he can't really talk to anyone internally and really just sound off. So he does this to Naomi. He's like, this will never get back to Catherine. This is great. Yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. But at the same time, like. Oh, yeah. Him going back to Catherine and turning it on <laughs> Naomi and going that far. He could have just been like, 
oh yeah you know like she was just asking like how we were and what was going on and she was kind of nice about it. Like he could have just left it at that and said he just went the opposite. Complete trashed left, her. Yeah, because for no reason. He panicked. Yeah, he panicked, and then we see their quote unquote conversation, and he he clearly told her like ten percent of what was said. He just told her about the things that she was saying, not the stuff that he was saying, yep. which was driving the conversation. So yes, that will have to come to a head at some point, and arguably that could be the reason that they're not together now. Maybe that I was, hope so. I do too. If that's what it took, sure. And Catherine deserves to know the truth about that. And I mean, it's not like they're on good terms as it is. No, it's still so rocky. Any as fuck. little thing's just going to push them. This is not a little thing. This is a very large thing. So again, just want to see it unfold on camera. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm here for. That's why we're here. Watch people's lives crumble on camera. <laughs> Austin and Catherine again getting their pedicure. Uh, a good segue was. Catherine asking Austin if he was going to get any colors on his toes. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm not Craig. Yeah, I'm Flash not to Craig. Craig. Craig's got like one or two nails painted. Well, he's doing a mood board for his pillows. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's hard at work, too. I'll give him that. He wor- Hey, I respect the pillow game. I, I think it's, you know, I love that he pursued his passion, especially considering that Naomi shit on him. I still love that he is now like super successful with it. Yeah. It's such like a comeuppance. And like it leads into this scene pretty much because... Naomi calls him to get coffee, and Craig struggled with this decision. Oh, my God. He, he was tried trying so, so hard. Yeah. And I do give him the credit because, I mean, you got to think. like, And I think about this all the time when I'm watching these shows. This footage will come out. So mm-hmm. when you're dating somebody, like Caleb did not think about that at all. When you're dating somebody and you just had a conversation with Paige talking about, yeah, I can't do one-on-one with next. Not going to happen. I have to show everything possible to make sure that I can at least talk my way into saying I tried. Yeah. I had to do it. This is like a show moment. Like I did my best and he addresses it later. I think he handles the situation really well and we'll get into the conversation a little bit, but just his demeanor overall, like he's looking over his shoulder. Oh my God. He's like, like, I'm getting caught. He's like very jittery dancing around. Oh my God. But she fucking is playing this shit. This is all a game, dude. She orders the dirty chai latte. Mm-hmm. They don't have it. She ordered that drink because she fucking knew that Craig was going to order that drink. And Craig calls and says, give me a dirty chai. She goes, oh, I just ordered the same thing. They don't have it. I was like, that's a fucking move. All yeah. right. There's number one. Then, you know, she gets there. It's awkward as hell. And like she intros with, why are you grumpy? Like you don't talk to like an ex like that. No. I mean, if it, if the conversation that you need to have is so important and it has nothing to do with the two of you, or I guess it has something to do with Naomi, but nothing really to do with Craig and Craig's just a third party. Keep it on topic. Just keep Craig, it 100%. And that's all Craig wants. Craig's like, why did we have to meet up? Like, what, what are we talking about here? And she's like, so how have you been doing? How's business? How's, yeah, no, no. how's Paige? Like that's when's she coming into for. town? Like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Like enough with the small talk. You know that I didn't really want to be here. Context clues are everything. You're not dumb. Get on with it. Yeah. Let's get down to why the fuck you invited me here and put me in jeopardy of getting in trouble. Like, Now, I will say one thing. Craig, not a coffee guy. Not an iced coffee guy either. Oh, fuck. I don't, I don't trust. I'm just throwing this out here. I don't trust anyone who doesn't like coffee. I actually Something can. Something about it. I can jump on that platform with you. Yeah. I can, Like when people say, oh, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, what are you better than me? Yeah. What? <laughs> you think you're better you than me? You slept well? Yeah. Ugh. You're not jittery right now. Why are your hands not shaking? (laughs) 
No, seriously. I mean, like there is, and there's so many things you can do with coffee and Craig wants none of it. He doesn't want it iced. He says later, I, I was think more... that drinks should be hot. Yeah, but he drinks hot tea every night. It doesn't make any sense. He's... My issue was more when he's like, can we get an iced coffee maker? And I was like, bro, just brew that shit into a cup of ice mm-hmm. and then add more ice. God. It's like Craig <laughs> went to the school of coffee that Sergio went to the school of anatomy, which I caught a glimpse of uh, Dubai tonight. No, we're not really talking about it. But uh, Caroline Stanberry told Sergio, you got to cut the umbilical cord. Like, we just got married. I'm going on a trip with the girls. You can't come. And he's like, what's an umbilical cord? Oh, no. And she goes, it's, you know, the cord that's attached from the baby to the mother. Well, wait, is that is that a, like, language barrier? It could be a barrier? language barrier, possibly. But Stanberry then explains it very specifically and says, it's the cord between a mother and a baby. Just cut it. And he goes, why would I want to do that? It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, Serge. Damn it. Too much soccer, not enough education. Well, but anyway, <laughs> again, Craig, whatever. I just thought it was weird. Well, the weirdest part is she caps the whole interaction off. She's walking to her car, goes, bye, Craigie. Like, you do not call him Craigie. Oh, After you said, let's go out and get drinks, have fun. Like, what do you mean? Like, and then when he says, like, we're still exes at the end of the day, she's like, you're not serious. Like, you're kidding me, right? And it's like, how is that ridiculous? Yeah. Understand He's in a relationship now with somebody else who he seems to like, he's talking about her being the yeah. one she's like talking about the different changes she wants to make to the house. Like, all right, now here, let's play this game. Okay. If you're Paige, you watched this last week. How are you feeling? This is such a tough one because mm-hmm. I think that watching how he handled it, I think that maybe she's not going to be thrilled, but at the same time, like, understanding okay you know what he did try like legitimately and when he was there he wasn't being flirty he wasn't he stood his ground said yo this is not appropriate anymore like this is not okay he made it very clear i think that you give him a pass i think you say mm, yep you, thank you for handling that as well as you did yeah you, I don't, think... I mean, you don't have to thank him but like just don't cause anything yeah from you don't him. have to thank him that's for sure yeah but i do think what it comes down to is whether he told Paige like right away. That's the question. We don't so know. We don't, we don't know, know that. I but... will say, and Paige, if you're listening, and I'm going to clip this just to see if she yeah, will like Paige. it, just yeah. for you, Paige. Yeah. You guys are cute as fuck. When they're back there, like sipping their tea and just like rocking in the rocking chairs, I was like, these two are cute as fuck and I'm here for it. So I'm all all aboard the Paige and Craig train. That's the charm of Southern Charm though. We went from Southern, you Southern, Southern House. charmed me, you bastards. Yeah, we went from we went from <laughs> Summer House and we were like, enough of this. I'm tired of this. And now we were dreading it. And now we get Southern Charm. We're like, all right, we're into it. Look we at like these this. These charming mofos. This is like the healthiest relationship. In all of Bravo. In probably all of Bravo. Yeah. It genuinely seems that way because they both are like logical about the decisions they're mm-hmm. making. They both like have real conversations about what makes them comfortable and uncomfortable and yep. respecting boundaries. And like even the last week when Craig was pulling off out front of the uh the hotel and he commented on the girl behind and he said, Oh yeah, she's really cute. Oh yeah, and Shep does and this Shep whole stupid thing. Thought you didn't look at other girls. Fuck you. He's like Paige and I appreciate hot yeah, people. Yeah, we appreciate hot people. Great. Yeah, like it's that. not a big deal. So yeah, here's the crown to Paige and Craig. Best couple across Bravo. All of Bravo. Take for, your crown. For right now. It was interesting to see. And, and like I said, it'll come down to how quickly he told her. Because yeah. again, with the time frames, always fucking with me. 
they could have had this conversation like three weeks before, but it seems like they had the conversation like two days before. Yeah. I, so who the hell knows? I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll find out if that, if anything comes of that. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. The main part of it all um, was the dog wedding um, yeah, at that's... Patricia and Whitney's because Shep's dog um, mounted, which Patricia said is not a good word, uh, mounted her dog Peaches. So we get a little Craig Peaches wedding. Um, I think that'll be, and that's like the most Patricia possible thing. Ever. Oh, for sure. But we also get in that scene, Patricia's got a new butler. All is well in the world. No, no, no. He He's, a He's a server. He's a server. She didn't so say sorry. butler. He makes drinks at least. So, yeah. I mean, Whitney, thank God he can go do nothing. Do whatever now. the fuck he does during the day. Nothing. I love that scene, that little flashback of him back to like the vodka, like when he cleaned up the dog piss with vodka. Yeah. Again, the dog's butt. And he takes a swig out of it and the dog like tramps off to the other room. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, is your life that hard, pal? Is this no. really that big of an No, and you see that because him and Shep start talking about each other and they're oh the same fucking God. person. I, I could not with that scene. Like they're fucking going back and forth about, and I will say to Patricia's credit here, she's like, yeah, well you two are a fucking mess. Like neither of you are going to get married. Like I, I yeah, I'm going to have a dog have wedding. a marriage somewhere. Right. Yeah. Because like you guys are a joke and they're both sitting there like, well, you know, like I want to have fun. I, wanna, I don't want to look back and have any regrets. It's like, this should be a regret sitting in your mom's house. Like, Doing nothing except living off your mom's shit, being her butler every day, yep. that should be a regret. That's not a cool thing. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're like, oh, you know, like that's just how it goes. That's how they live. Like I, that's, that's not fun. That's embarrassing. Like get the fuck up and go do something. If you have all this money, like go volunteer. And that takes us into the heart of it, uh, the meat and potatoes, as we like to call it. We're back to the Rob Hub, baby. We got two episodes for you tonight. The first one I thought was much more interesting. The second one I thought was a little snoozy, but um, I'm excited to be back in Beverly Hills. I missed it. I, I genuinely missed it from last week. Man, again, I mean, it works out really well for us. We take a week off. While last week was great. This week was a little snoozy, as you said. So yeah. it's good to merge these two together because we can get one good segment out of it. And we're not missing anything. No, yeah. no that's what we do here. We look at the silver lining. Um, but let's get right into last week's episode. Um, we get to finally meet Sutton's kids. Is this the first time we're seeing them on camera? No, we've seen them a couple times. I mean, she's been on for a few years. But this year, this is the first time. And they are a little more grown. So they're like, I guess aware of the cameras yeah and they just will. got back from italy with their dad and new girlfriend of the or new wife of the dad new girlfriend new girlfriend, new girlfriend, girlfriend of the dad yeah. and um i have to say sutton's daughter is a splitting image splitting image spitting spitting image yep. damn it i literally before i said that went back and forth like three times i was like spitting 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 now i'm gonna go with splitting yep nope you're wrong you know what also <laughs> my grandmother listens to this and texted me um we fucked up a word like six episodes ago. I can't even remember what word it was. And she texted me like, you know that word. Like that was, oh. <laughs> she was like, Grammar you know that word. Math. That's what like, That's strong. She said it sounded embarrassing. So I apologize for, <laughs> for getting this wrong. Yes. Spitting sorry image. Sorry to those of you who listened. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, Gaggy. I'll, I'll do better. Um, but 
it was nice to see Sutton interact with them. And like, you know, we've, we've had a lot of lonely Sutton episodes. So I was happy to see her have her people back. Um, and I love that she, you know, I guess her son wanted to join the army and to his credit, he was like, I've lived too comfortably. I want to like, you know, rough it up a little bit. And I, yeah, I actually respected that it, from what it sounds like. He lives very comfortably with his dad. And obviously like Sutton has money. She has a bigger house and things like that. But when he comes to Sutton, Sutton makes him go do things like gives him a job, yeah. makes him go out in the real world. She sent him to Georgia to work a vending machine job where he was like up at 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, you want to struggle? Here you go, buddy. And then he comes back a month later. Like I'm ready to go to college now. Yeah. It's not military school. I'll go to the Citadel. For Sutton, it's a win because it's, you know, he wants to go straight into the army. She sends him away for a couple of weeks just to go do that, live a little hard. He comes back, I'll go to college, but I still want a little bit of military influence. So that's fine. I mean, if he wants to do that, that's yeah, great. Win win scenario, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see someone, you know, a reality star having a child and making them go do things. Do like, you remember Sam Greenwood? No. From CHA? No. He was a like a boxing champion at the Citadel. Oh, really? Yeah. Little yeah. little side note there. A little side note there. I'll take that. But I mean, you juxtapose it to somebody like Whitney. I'd rather have Sutton's kid. So, oh yeah, you know, without a doubt, could go one of two ways. No, She's I think raising I, them the right way. I agree. Like. I you know, like a little tip of the cap to Sutton there. I do. I had some reminders this week of like some of the things I do not like about Sutton. She had some moments where I was like, oh, yeah, like I can't. I've been going fairly easy on her because she's been getting teamed up on and like going through it. But like there was a couple moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not totally squeaky clean. Like I forgot I had blinders. I had Sutton blinders on for a little bit, but my eyes are opened again a little. But then like we move on from there. It's um, we had a little conversation between Garcelle and Dorit. But the most interesting thing in this interaction for me was the way that she took the comment from Erica about Sutton being a liability. Garcelle took it as a personal dig to her saying, Oh, you think that I can't like take care of myself. Like Sutton's a liability. She's going to drag me down because I can't handle my own shit. And I didn't even look at it that way. I was like, actually that's pretty pointed. That's like, very right. Yeah. yeah. And I having that angle of it now, I was like, Oh, like, yeah, you kind of get dragged here from Erica because you're being a good friend. Like you're standing by somebody, even if she's being an idiot at times, hoping to resolve the situation as she normally does to like, so people can understand like how Sutton operates. Or like maybe she wasn't being like this or you know what? Maybe she fucked up. Let's give her another chance because all of you fuck up all the time. Yep. But you brush it under the rug almost instantly. But we yeah, harbor and, this shit for Sutton. And I mean, this is... Like, this is essentially why I love Garcelle, and, and we're going to say it here. I think you sort of agree with this as well, where Garcelle stands. She's the new housewife that we can fully get behind because I've supported pretty much everything that she said and done the entire season. Yeah, and she's not irrational about it. Well, and she's just so perceptive. Like These women can say one thing, and then there's an undertone, like a subtle personal dig. And Garcelle doesn't let that shit go. She's very perceptive. Yep. She sees that right away and she takes offense to it, rightfully so. Whereas, you know, I mean, obviously somebody like Sutton on the other end of the spectrum just kind of lets everything go and doesn't really hear what you're saying and just apologizes and whatever. She will harbor that. She doesn't come right out. She takes a moment. She was like, it didn't even hit me until that night when I like was about to go to bed. And I was like, oh, 
that's what she means. Yeah, and you see that she actually analyzes and processes Yeah, she takes these... the time to yeah. think about it and think things through and then think about what she wants to do next, which is, I mean, I don't think Dorit's the best person to talk to about this, but she goes to talk to Dorit about it, and Dorit's not very supportive in any way. But you can tell that, like, Garcelle's starting to understand everything and, like, looking at things in a different light than everybody else is. And she has no qualms with telling us about it, which is great because we, no, nobody else caught it. No, I, I, that it. wasn't how I looked at it. And then when she brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. But we get to like this major, major scene. This is kind of the caveat for the whole explosion later is the lunch between Rinna and Sutton that is seemingly there to like squash this beef finally, you know, get past Sutton calling out Harry Hamlin and Rinna on Watch What Happens Live. It goes really well, other than Rinna well, saying, I like to torture you is wild. Yeah, other than that stuff. that yeah. She sees no problem with it. She's <laughs> like, well, you know, I like to torture you. And it's like, not in a playful way. Yeah, let me backpedal. Let me backpedal. Um, that was not cool. No. No, the way she was talking to her was very condescending in those matters. I more meant it was it went well because it seemed like it was squashed. Yep. I hated that Rinna ordered her steak frites. Well done. Once again, we have a well done from Rinna and boo. But... The sentiment was that they're cool now, or at least like are working towards being better. That's the thing with Sutton. I feel like when she gets in these conversations, she will take the abuse, like the commentary that comes along with it. She does. As long as the end of it is, okay, this is squashed. Yeah, now we're cool. And like, like to your point, yeah, like I like to torture you sometimes. And like, if you couldn't take it, I don't think I would do it. But at the same time, like maybe you shouldn't do that. Period. Like yeah. just because she pisses you off sometimes. Well, Rena, you piss off a lot of people a lot of the time. And this actually led me to like a little epiphany where you know Sutton was saying like, yeah, like people always say like, oh, you know, or I always say to people like, I like Rena, and people go, you do. And that made me like rethink everything about Housewives and all of the franchises. So in our world we see certain women as being more well-liked than the other ones, but that's only within this group. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the word about town? What do everybody think? Like, are these cool women? Like, do people actually like any of them? That's a good question. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. it completely, like, blew my mind. I was like, whoa. And we, well, and we get a little bit of that. And while I don't want to say, like, the, the supervisors or the, uh, the administrative help from the charity is a good poll, but like the other people that are at the charity event for the second episode in the late parts, you see their reactions to these women, just like yelling at each other. You're like, Oh my God, I'm so happy they're here. Yeah. Like, and you're right. Like, I wonder what we hear something like in the beginning of the season where they're talking about crystal and like her friends or lack thereof now. Yeah, And her, like the rumors about how the rumors throughout Beverly Hills. Like, I wonder they probably, all hate them that's what i'm saying and like i never thought of it from that perspective and i was like oh like they might all suck like we don't know what the what their reputation is and it took it a step further because i was also when rinna is having a confessional at one point and she just did something embarrassing she still comments on it from a perspective of this is why i was doing that and this is why it pissed me off like i'm still right and that made me think about like how all of these women can go on and like watch themselves. Like, so this is after the fact, like this is after the entire season and they're they, cause they do the confessionals at the end. Mm-hmm. 
and they can like talk about an instant that happened that's clearly embarrassing. You've clearly had time to think about it in a different light, and you're still going to sit there and defend it uh, because they have to. Like I understand, like they are going to push their own narrative that they're the good guy because it's their confessional. But at the same time, like I couldn't imagine someone bringing up like a producer saying, "Oh, you remember when this happened?" And this is months after. Do you remember when he did this and being like, oh, yeah, well, this is why. And she's wrong. After you know that you were wrong. Yeah. Like that was another eye opening moment for me. So I had a lot of epiphanies. Um, well, especially after. And I guess it's, it gets really tough when they do these confessionals because they could go to the confessional and completely stand behind themselves and be like, oh, yeah, that's why I did this. But between the end of the season and when that happens, that confessional shows up they apologize for those things like six right. or seven times. That's what I'm saying. And then go back to the beef and then apologize. And it's like, that's got to be really hard to keep a handle on. Yeah. And then to their credit, though, when they do the confessional about the apology, they're like, yeah, you know, we squashed it. Everything's cool. It's yep. like, but you just said that, like, she sucked because of this. And now you're saying you're, I don't know. It, it, obviously, they have to do that to, like, comment on the show without dragging themselves. Yeah. But. It definitely gets convoluted. Yeah. Um but we get to the main event. That's the Rinna Rosé. And, um, you know, they're taste testing different kinds. They got like a Brute. They got a Rosé. And I think they had one more. Some other Rosé. Was it another just Rosé? Oh, it, yeah, um, it was a different. And Harry Hamlin was there. And they have like a whole blowjob talk. <laughs> which I thought yeah, he, it was really funny. I thought he handled it pretty well. Yeah. Other than like his lack of response for an extended period of time. Like, oh, man, I think that maybe he was uncomfortable. What I did notice about Harry Hamlin is we have a very similar bracelet set up. Oh, my God. And I was... Th- what do you mean? If I have a similar setup on my wrist to Harry fucking Hamlin, like, that man's charming as shit. And I want to be the kind of person, like, I appreciated... Like, they're sitting there, they're wine tasting, they're, like, you know, shooting the shit. Well, you can tell that he is, like... He's going to be the business person behind the whole thing, where Rin is going to be the face. She's going to do the marketing. She's going to do all the other things that she needs to do. He's the one who's talking with the other investor about, all right, so this one needs a little bit of work. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. I'm going to go for a walk when he was done. That's what I'm saying. We'll leave you guys with the bottles. Have fun. I'm going to go for a walk and get the fuck out of here. That's what I'm saying. I want to be that kind of guy that like you can have like a little wine taste and then go for a stroll by yourself and just like be introspective. I don't know. I spent a lot of time thinking about Harry Hamlin just like (laughs) going on a walk by himself. I I think I may have like missed the next couple of like minutes. Because I couldn't stop thinking about, like, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm like, what is he wearing? Yeah. Is he going to get changed? No, he's is just he going to go around? for, like, a stroll after a wine taste. I thought it's just, like, you know, he's a captivating guy. Say what you will, but my bracelet... I have no, yeah, I have no issues with the Harry Hamlet. My bracelet buddy is a captivating guy. God. He is now my bracelet he's buddy. He's your bracelet buddy. He's my bracelet buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but everything, I mean... It's seemingly going okay. Like we do get, um, we didn't have any crystal this episode. Really, we did have them discussing her eating disorder and just how and how she's being affected by it. And um, you know, they bring up the fact that she's purging, and it seems like she's trying to either ask for help or, you know, she's being more vocal about it. Which good for her. She's talking about it, and they're just discussing whether or not she needs help now. This is where, once again, I run into an issue with this group, and it's similar with the alcohol stuff that we see more in the next episode um, that I'll get to with Erica, but they take a weird approach when they when it comes to helping people, and we got a glimpse of next week's episode where Crystal's like, I feel like they're all like coming at me, or like she feels 
almost threatened by them trying to help. And well, that's because they I think she should. I think she's I right. agree. Like the way that they talk about it isn't like, you can get it. You can even when you're watching on TV, you can catch like the vibes of how they're talking. It's almost condescending in a it way is. where yeah, it's like, because, oh, she she's needs not getting to help. This. She needs to get help. Right. Like, all right, well, you're discrediting talk to her then. Talk which they to do, her, but like, one. but when you talk to her, don't go in there like making demands about it. Like mm-hmm. you need to understand from her perspective on it. Like if it was that simple, you know, millions of people wouldn't struggle with it. And that's the same with any kind of addiction or affliction. Like, understanding their perspective and not coming in too strong where you seem like you know better and they need to listen to you mm-hmm. because you're right. You can't come into it with that kind of aggression because you're going to inadvertently push them further away. Well, they did at least do one thing correct. They did point out that Erica was entirely wrong in the way they that did. she was talking to Crystal, yeah, which I thought was good because that immediately pushes Erica down because if they don't do that, Erica is going to chime in and have her thoughts on it. We heard your thoughts. They're wrong. Yep. Shut up and listen. But I mean, you get somebody else talking about it, like Kyle or whoever. And I don't know. I just, it feels dirty. And I, I agreed with like Sutton sitting there, didn't want to talk about it. Nope. She even said at one point, she's like, maybe we should just talk to Crystal about it. Yeah. And she didn't Not, want to talk to about it because she hadn't had that conversation yet, which is very self aware. Very, very fair. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Like you shouldn't comment on unless you've had a one-on-one with her. And even then, like understand that, well, of course this is going to come up amongst the group. Like this is um, something like a topic that's going to be discussed. There's a way to go about it in which these ladies don't seem to comprehend. With any situation. No. Yeah, for sure. And like the fact that Sutton does where she's like, look, time out. Like maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Like she's not even here. And I haven't had the conversation. I'm not in this one. And Garcelle's also asking the questions like, did anyone talk to her about it? Right. Did anyone see how she feels about it? Maybe she is getting help. Like we don't know. Let's talk to her about it. And then, I mean, you get the other side with Sutton saying, let's not talk about it. I haven't had the discussion with her yet. I think it's unfair to do this right now. Those are the only two like sense of reason. Everybody else is like yelling over each other about what they think should happen. And doing the empathy thing where they're like, my daughter had it or, you know, I, you know, struggled with it earlier in my life. And And it's like, no, we don't want to hear that right now. Like Crystal's not here. You're not having a productive conversation. You're gossiping. Yeah. And like, that's the, the big point is that I understand bringing up your past experiences with it to relate to it, but she's not there to relate. One, two, every case is different. And when it comes to any one of these disorders or um, afflictions or addictions, whatever the case may be, like no one individual is the same. Like the trauma they've gone through to get to that point is different. Their handling of the situation will be different in a lot of ways. And how they're going to work through it is going to be different. Like there's, there's so many paths you have to be concerned about. So for you to talk like you're the end all be all expert on it is one dangerous and two just you know ignorant. Yeah. But moving on from that, um, we will see that come to some kind of head next week uh, where Crystal addresses it. So I'm glad that she is going to have a voice for that. Um, I have found her to be more personable. Like she seems to be really connecting with her um, screen time recently, and I appreciate that, especially with her going through this. So we'll see what happens, but. Um, we have the like climax of this episode and the ladies are all sitting there and this beef that we thought was squashed with Rinna now comes back up. Well, it does before we get the beef with Rinna, we get 
a little bit of conniving by Garcelle with Erica. Oh, right. Yeah. So, and I thought this was an awesome play. And I'm not just saying this as a Garcelle stand. I just think overall, she knows how people tick now and it's working so well. And when she took Erica aside and said, hey, let's talk about this because I had some time to think about it. What did you mean? Erica doubles down. Sutton's a liability to you and you socially. Because you always have to clean up her mess. Yep. And Garcelle sits there and, you know, she explains her side of it. Not too in depth, nothing crazy, but she still wants to talk to Erica about it because it bothered her. Before she walks over there, she says something to Sutton. Hey, just to let you know, this is what happened. Playing her cards correctly because at the end of her conversation. Oh, no, with, she told Sutton before they went over to have the conversation. Yes, she yeah. told Sutton before Garcelle walked over with Erica. Right. And on her way back, she said, do you want to bring this up right now and talk to Sutton about it? Oh, nope, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. No, she said, why would we do that? Too fucking bad because I already told Sutton and we're going to do it right now anyway. Mm-hmm. She teased that's it the way to do it. Do it in front of everyone. Enough of this like side-by-side conversations. Nothing gets accomplished. Let it all out in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sutton was correct. And Sutton knew what she was going to do. She had some time to think on it, which is something that Sutton usually doesn't get. She had some time to think on it. And she went right back at Erica. And Erica really didn't know what to do. No, she was kind of caught off guard. Yeah. Because she was like, I, I do think you're a liability. That's all she says. And that pokes the bear with Rinna. Because yep. she's lit. And she starts going in on Sutton. And it's like, Sutton's like, well, you had a totally different tune at lunch so now i'm confused and rena starts screaming like you have like there's a reason you're doing this and i need to know what the fucking reason and and blah 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 and sutton's like i do like you like i do like you and then rena mocks her and goes i do like you i, do. I was like whoa whoa i get to do the i do yep. like you don't get to do that when she's being serious and bringing up the fact that you are going completely back on everything you had said a day ago. Yep. And to Sutton's credit, she brings it up. You're doing this because you have an audience. Mm-hmm. Now you've got your little buddies. You got your clique you to like stand both behind sides you. Of your mouth. She and you do. Yeah. You literally like this is the epitome of that. You're literally saying two different things within 24 hours. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. That is actually what you're doing. She's just telling you what's going on, and you have the audacity to mock her. And then tell her to get the fuck out of your house. Well, and Sutton was entirely correct when we went to her confessional when she said, you'd have to get an exorcist to try to get the soap opera out of Rinna. Oh, yeah. And it's so true because, again, she waited for her audience. She was screaming at, like, the wrong moments, very soap opera-y. She was going off tangent. She was saying that she was drunk. And it was messy to watch. And Sutton could have just sat there and been like, I don't really get it. And everybody else, you could look around, Cherie... Garcelle, uh, Dorit wasn't there, but even Erica to an extent was just like not smiling and looking at Rena like, this no, she is was correct. making like a oh my god face, yeah. Like, she was like, this is probably not good. No, I, I think that Erica was thrilled. I think every minute of that she enjoyed, I don't think so. She did not have that, like, Erica wears her emotions on her face very well, and I, she didn't smirk, she didn't do anything, she was very caught off guard by the whole thing and didn't get it. I, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't think I agree I think, with you on that I one. I think we're warming up. And we're going to get to that point. You think... I still think we're still going to get an Erica Sutton genuine moment where Erica actually sticks up for Sutton. For those of you that don't know, and hopefully you do because you've gone back and listened to all of these episodes, but Shooter made what was once an outrageous claim that this season would culminate with 
Erica coming to Sutton's defense against some of the women in the group. Now we're seeing some things start to take shape. There have been some moments between the two that could point to that. There's also been stuff pointing away from that. So we'll yeah, see. we were we were getting very warm around Mexico. Yeah, until and now we're we're back. This off week a bit, was a little shaky, but I think it's I, there. If if that happens, we will change the name of this podcast to Nostradamai. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> but that takes us into episode two, and um, again, not like the liveliest episode ever. Uh, we got some pretty decent blowouts at the end but like the in-between time was pretty slow and um we can skip right to we're at like Sutton's store and crystal's back this week um and they're going over kind of what the women were talking about crystal is made aware by rena i think that they were discussing her eating disorder and um this is where i caught a glimpse of old Sutton a little bit where now she claims that they may have not been genuine when they were discussing their feelings over Crystal's eating disorder. Which is true. Which is true to an extent. Yeah. I don't think that they don't care. I think that they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah, and I did actually think that Sutton shouldn't have done that. She should have just said, hey, you know, we were talking about it yesterday. I know you missed out. I felt kind of weird because you weren't there, and also I didn't know. So I figured I'd sit down and talk. She didn't need to try to uncover the feelings of the other girls she could have just left it at that but i thought she was being a little vindictive again coming off of being screamed at and told to get the fuck out of the house right so yeah i understand where she's coming from was it a good move probably not to insinuate the the loose feelings of the girls that were being talked about but you know at the same time not the best move i said no it wasn't and like you yeah, you can only get dragged for so long before you clap back a little bit, but I just thought that was a bad time to do it. And again, I was like, okay, it's like she's still in there. The Sutton that I used to hate is is she's still there. Well, this is the thing is like I think that commonly everybody socially understands when situations like this, like Crystal's disorder, you tread lightly. You do. Sutton doesn't get that social cue, so she doesn't tread lightly. No, she goes, yeah, that that's a good point. So I think her intentions were fine. Like she wanted to know because she didn't know. So she wanted to give Crystal the opportunity to talk about it. But at the same time, yeah, you don't try to insinuate any sort of like issues. Yeah, like don't speak on their feelings. Yeah. Just like to Sutton's point, like they're not there to to either defend themselves or give any input. So it's like, well, you might be right here. Like Crystal's dealing with enough shit to not be concerned with maybe how these women are approaching this. I don't know. It, it's such a touchy subject that it's hard to say what's right or wrong. I will say the way that Sutton approached it was wrong. Yeah. We get a quick cut to um, Asher on the piano, and this brings up a really good theory that's out there, and I think we've touched on it previously, like briefly. People claim that Diana went on the show to promote Asher's singing career. I like that. And I... Yeah, what are your thoughts? Is I can get behind it. No, I, I thought it was funny because you see Diana like walking down her steps and she goes, I love it when Asher doesn't know that I'm here because I get to just like appreciate him and watch him sing. I roll. Fucking, why do you think the cameras are there? Not for you. No. Cameras are rolling. Yeah. Diana's I, here. I, that's that, all bullshit. <laughs> that's such a good point. I like, didn't think duh, of that. Dumbass. Like, yeah, there's a camera in the house. They're not filming you, Asher, yeah. and your fucking glasses, dude. Oh, yeah. But I will say like, where I stood at the Christmas party was, I thought it was fine. You know, he sung a song. He was pretty good. I was surprised at how good he was. 
this was just like, ugh. Yeah, this, oh, so now you're cringing? Yeah, now, now I'm cringing. But the scenario is the same. He's still a fantastic singer. And in this case, sure. at least he's not holding people he didn't hostage have, with his He didn't have an audience. He didn't have a reason to do this. He was practicing or whatever. But by the way, yeah. I think that whole scene was Diana goes, Asher, start playing something. I'm going to go upstairs. You guys go over there and film this scene. I'm going to come downstairs and sit on the stairs yep. and just regale over my wonderful husband, who then she goes in to say, like, he's just a child. I was like, oh, man, that was, that was gross. Bad. That was really bad. So <laughs> gross, you're, oh, so you're, dude. You're fucking a child. She's, I was just, it was brutal. I was like, that's the worst thing you could say. The age gap is already pretty significant. And we've talked about that before. Like, I don't care if you're an older woman and you want to date a younger dude. Good for you. Go get him. Like, I could give a shit. But in this instance, like, don't point out that he's a child when he's that much younger. Like, that just makes it weird. Yeah. But they talk about, I guess they're going to try to have another kid um, so that their current kid doesn't grow up like an only child because her other children are so much older. Um, and I do think that she is actually honest when she says that, like, I just love babies. Like, I, I have not seen anything on camera that points to her not being a good mom. Like, I do think that, and it, it could all be for show. Like, we don't know. No, but I... But she seems to be genuinely, like, a good mother to her children. Yeah, and I do think it's very genuine. That's a good word to put this. And to be fair, like, really the only moments that I've liked Diana on screen were family with her moments. family. Yeah, like, no, with her kids, with her baby, like, talking about how she wants a bigger family and she wants to keep going because of how she grew up. Those are the genuine moments that I'm like, okay, maybe she's... She's not a terrible person. No, she's still a terrible person. I think she's probably still a terrible no, person. No, she's definitely but, a terrible person. But those are the best moments for me, like the most, I guess, likable moments for Diana. Yeah, I agree. And like, I'm not by any means saying I like Diana, but like, you can't fault her on those scenes. Like, she no. seems th- those seem to really be how she feels, or she's just a tremendous actress. And like, she might be. I don't know. You know, we talked about earlier how I think that, you know, certain things are being handled poorly. And we get to a scene where Erica and Kyle are, they have like a guy come in and stretch them. She kind of starts to get into, after the fact, after the Dongs Unlimited comment, which I thought was, was so laugh out loud funny. Yeah. I actually chuckled. Lou looked at me like I was nuts, but I thought that shit was hysterical. Like, you just, it's a website called Gongs Unlimited. She goes, like dead serious goes dongs unlimited like didn't even like miss a step and i don't think realized it until erica's like what gongs g like you you sicko (laughs) only erica's like that sounds like some of the porn i watch yeah (laughs) uh but and she had that comment before like earlier in the episode or maybe in the last episode where she's like dick is free yeah i think that was last episode that shit was funny but um Anyway, they get to talking about Erica's drinking again. And Erica, up until this point, has been receptive to some of the conversations. Like when Garcelle talked to her a little bit um, when they went out. And when Rinna had that sit down with her, which was, you know, actually like a pretty good moment, I thought. But this is a totally different stance on it. Kyle brings it up and Erica takes the stance of like, oh, Garcelle's being vindictive with this. Like, she's actually trying to put me down with this, not trying to help. And Kyle being Kyle feeds into it and she's just like, oh, yeah, really? Blah, blah, blah. 
like doesn't try to say like, oh, I mean, we were all kind of worried about you. Like, and again, this takes us back to the label thing. I never thought, you know, here's a full blown alcoholic. It looked like someone that was going through a hard time that was self medicating with alcohol. Like, there's yeah. a difference. But to completely negate all the things that happened and up to the point where you said you got blackout drunk and hit your head, like you can't just now sidestep it and be like, oh, they're out to get me. Yeah, I think this is like almost like a variation of like picking your battles depending on who you're talking to. She talks to Garcelle. She knows that Garcelle's of clear mind, coming with concern, really talking to her about it. She knows since day one that Kyle's always been on the side of she doesn't really have a problem. It's nice to see her cut loose. Right. She's heard her say that multiple times. So I think that she's going into this with a different approach where this is probably what she really thinks, where she's like, do I want to be on this medication? No. Am I going to stop my life because I'm on this medication? Also, no. No, but when you're falling down drunk repeatedly, yeah, like hitting you, your head after yeah. a night out, like it, you can't defend that behavior. No. Am I Again, am I saying that you're a full-blown alcoholic? No. Am I saying that this is something that was rightfully addressed absolutely and for her to take this like complete 180 where and of course it's with kyle who's going to just agree was just like a stupid move this was a bad play like she's not setting herself up for anything positive coming from this because well i also don't think that that's necessarily true because i think she also realizes that what she says with kyle will just stay there for like, the most I don't. Part. I don't think Kyle's gonna turn on erica and say no she doesn't seem being to. vindictive and it just I don't doesn't know, seem though. like a play. I don't know. Kyle's changed a lot this season, so I really don't know where she's going to go with this, but I think that her allegiances lie with Rinna and with Erica mostly. I just think that like when she sees the opportunity arise to like cause shit regardless of who's at stake, like she is going to go for it and yeah. just like throw that gas on the fire. At least that's how she's been this year. So I don't I don't think she's fully safe. I think it would take more for her to throw Eric under the bus than some of the other women, other than like Dorit. Yeah. But they finished that scene. Like we got that um the intro that we didn't talk about, just like the they're getting their teeth done and we get to the charity, which is a great charity. Let me intro with that. Like phenomenal what they're doing. Pretty and much that, like any charity is a good charity. That's for a, the most part, I think. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, but like with this one, they are helping people that can't afford help, um, dental care, dental care. And like Dorit's dentist pledges a brand new smile to somebody, which is like a $20,000 thing. Yeah. That's not cheap. So that was cool. I initially thought when they said the name, I was like, that's not great. Homeless, not toothless. Is, I laughed. Yeah. It's not a good name for a charity. No. And I think that in this moment, it could be misconstrued that Kyle and Erica were laughing at the charity because that's what it seemed like. But I think it was because of the name until they started bringing up like, oh, like you bring your spare teeth to this thing. I was like, okay, Oh, now... and then you throw Kathy in the middle of that. And Kathy's yeah. like, you need teeth to talk yeah. and smile and eat. I'm like, yeah, Kathy. Yeah, no get shit. It. Like, she just like can't wrap her head around the idea of not having teeth no and like the whole i don't know it was a tough look i thought like I, again i think they were just laughing at the name of the charity because it's not the best name fantastic what they're doing but homeless not toothless is tough and when kathy brought it up at dinner i thought she was going to make fun of it oh she's like God, what's yeah. the name of it In homeless not toothless yeah mid-speech and i was like oh god she's gonna shit on it in front of like the director of the charity yep. and she goes oh that's great and i was like woof. Well, Dodge luckily the director couldn't go. 
He was oh, he was, was MIA. He had issues. Somebody, okay. I think he may have gotten COVID or something, but was yeah, he a they, French they, designer that got held up at immigration? Something like that. Was he a T Rex that got held up at immigration? Have, <laughs> they did have two representatives there, which were such great additions. I, I I saw them walking in and I was like, they're probably like, I don't really want to be here. I don't know how this is gonna go. And they got their money's worth. They have this to was be awesome. They should be there for the rest of the season with no lines. Like they're not allowed to talk, but they just have to sit there and react. And then they get their own confessionals where they just debrief. And yeah. like they need a podcast. It's almost like Marco. Like yeah, honestly, throwing and like in that. throwing in an outsider or two. And Bravo knew what they were doing too because they kept flashing over to the two girls that were sitting there, making sure that we knew they were representatives of the charity. And one's and texting Crystal like, "What the fuck is going on?" I don't think she was. She was one of Crystal's friends that got invited. That wasn't. Oh, well, she wasn't a representative. One but, of the bystanders. But that is a bystander. Yeah, that's a third party that's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah. Why is this happening right now? This is a charity event. Like, and why? It, why are we doing this? Like, and kind of, this is where I'm going to go with this. Dorit having this fundraiser, this gala, as she wants to put it, with all of the women from the show, with the cameras rolling, was asking for it. And I agree. And she's asking for a bad stigma she's to a fucking drama. charity. I agree. It was you a tough don't move. don't do that. No, it was a bad move on Dorit to assume that this wouldn't happen. There or were no knowing, cameras at the Elton John charity event. Right. Or like knowing that this would happen. Yeah. Like kind of leading into it like i i agree bad move it was an interesting move and i thought like the cast of characters there she talks about the one doctor or dentist that was there that's like yeah i'm on kid number nine and in my mind i'm like oh he's got nine kids he's like yeah i went on ancestry.com and like six children. That, that was the yeah. That was the CEO of the charity. That's the CEO. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was the flashback that they had with Dorit talking to him. And he's like, "I've got six out there. I've donated a lot. I don't know." It, he creeped me out. Like to offer that information to somebody yeah. was like a weird move. I thought that was supposed to be anonymous. Yeah. And now you're like, I feel like you could somehow. You could probably figure out how to trace that lineage well, if you wanted to. I was a little disappointed at one point because the way that they brought this up and they talked about the charity, the way that Dorit got involved was she was neighbors to Sharon Stone. She I thought, said Sharon Stone eight times. I thought we were going to get another Jamie Lee Curtis type of thing <laughs> where Sharon Stone shows up and has very run-of-the-mill gifts and Dorit just goes wild. Oh, that would have been so good. I, I got the so excited and I was like, fuck, she's not here. Here's Melissa Lethbridge. Melissa like, Etheridge. Leth, uh, what did I call her? Lethbridge? Lethbridge. Oh. Melissa Etheridge, two-time Grammy. Come to my window? Whatever. It's fine. Fuck you. What? No, I don't know. It's... Before we get to Melissa, hold on. Like Before we get there, let's just get to like the actual scene that we watched unfold at dinner was... One of my least favorite Kyle moments this season, I think, because it was so fucking forced. Like she That's clearly, really saying something because she's had some she's really had some bad. brutal ones, but this one was just so like ugh, like thirsty. You know, Sutton sitting over on the because she's got the like horseshoe table set up. Because who doesn't have that at a dinner party at your house? But there's Well, well hold on, hold on. Let's take it back an episode. I made a comment like that about the decorations at uh, Diana's house for Christmas. 
Yeah, I thought they were ludicrous. It's a fucking party. They brought in tables. You think she just sits there and has like last supper at Dorit? Yes. No. And <laughs> has last supper. <laughs> no, Come I on. at Dorit's house. I think that she has those. Those are her tables. I don't think she brought tables in. No way. All right. That's I. You stand by that. I stand one. by that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but they're on like you know they're across the room from each other, and Kyle, of course, is smack dab in the middle, and um. She's trying to get it out of Sutton. Like, well, what happened? Like, did she say get the fuck out? Did she say fuck? Like, did she say fuck you? And like, yeah. And Garcelle's like, yeah. And even Moe's like, I wasn't there. And yeah, you definitely said that. Yeah. And I wonder where that came from, because obviously we saw that Kyle and Rinna had FaceTimed before the event and she asked her, you know, what happened? And Rinna just said, I asked her to get out of the house. Kyle must have known what she actually said. Yeah. And just wanted to get it from, and it's like, God damn it. But yeah, so she goes from straight down the line, right from Sutton. Garcelle's chiming in right next to Sutton. Thank God they're sitting next to each other. And Garcelle's like, yeah, that's exactly what she said. Sutton goes, I really don't think this is the time or the place to do this. I don't want to talk about this right now. Can we just do this another time? She doesn't even say like, let's not talk about it at all. Like, obviously we have to talk about it because you weren't there, Kyle, but not fucking now. No, absolutely not. And like, and that's that's when it like blows my mind because if I'm Dorit there, I'm thinking like, oh, like Sutton was being a better friend here. She didn't want to blow up my charity event in my house with these like important people here. Kyle, my alleged best friend, stirred the pot to the point where women are yelling profanities at each other across the room while people I'm donating a lot of money and time to are sitting in that same room. Like that's a, such a terrible look. Well, Kyle asked Dorit, and Dorit gave her a real answer. Yeah. And then looked at Sutton and said something to Sutton and Garcelle, like got involved in the... That's what I'm talking about with this whole charity thing. She should have the wherewithal to be like, no, we're yeah, not, let's not, not do this right now. Move. Let's talk about it after. Not the move. This is like, plain and simple, the show comes far above this charity. Which is shitty. That is sh- That's a really, really good point. And like, that is shitty. In her moment, she's like, oh, yeah, let's do this right now because this is a good time to do this. This is Cameras a are rolling, idea. baby. Like, no, fuck off. Yeah. That, like you said, it can bring like a bad stigma to the charity because like, oh, like these crazy women are endorsing this. Like, Look, I'm probably I not going to give them my money. We love charities. The charity already has a terrible name. It needs a better now name. Now it's got this going on. So it's not, not looking too good for... Uh, <laughs> Homeless, not toothless. And we want to actually, let's use this as an endorsement. Donate to homeless, not toothless. Absolutely. That's, that's our endorsement. You need teeth to eat. Yeah. According to Kathy fucking Hilton. I, Wolf. I, I thought she was going to go step further and be like, well, they're homeless. So, you know, yeah. are they eating that much as it is? Uh, that, oh. I, I fully expected Kathy to do that. I wouldn't be shocked. Like yeah. she doesn't have any kind of fucking kilter, no. but the blowout between Rinna and Sutton, it goes off, and, like, Rinna is screaming at her, like, you don't know, like, what's the fucking reason? Like, you tell me, and I'll fucking drop it. Like, we'll not let it go, and Sutton's mortified. Crystal's mortified. Like, women in the room are just like, oh, my God. The representatives of the charity are baffled. Are they no are, idea what's going on. They're flummoxed by the scene that's, like, portraying in front of them. Yeah. Thank you. But... I couldn't believe it. And like the whole thing continues to pop off. 
and we finally get like some resolution only because Melissa Etheridge comes out and starts playing Come to My Window, which is a fucking banger. And if you don't think it so, is a good song, no, I'll give you that. Yeah. I always just thought that Alanis Morissette salt sung that. So you know, oh, just really? on me. <laughs> Well, Truly did I, yes. You learn something new every day. That's Melissa But it was, it, I, I don't know if it was because of the song or the music. Like, I think, to be honest, Asher could have come out and sung something, and they, they just needed a break, that little moment. I don't know, dude. That that was a star-struck moment for a lot of the ladies there. Like, despite what you do not know, like, Melissa Etheridge was a big fucking deal. Yeah. So, like, but that it, was a big moment. That was like a showstopper, which I think... You needed that, but at the same time, when it comes to Rinna and Sutton, they're both the quickest to move on. So the singing's done, and instantly they reconcile. Like, yeah. this is stupid. And Rinna then goes a step further and, like, takes the blame for what just transpired. Yeah. Did I think it was fully genuine? Did you? No. no, I didn't either. And I did. Soap I was, opera came right back. Did you see the way she was crying? And, I was buying it. I was uh, buying it. Well, uh, all right, I so, texted you. I said, this is sad. <laughs> I know. But Colleen pointed out to me, she was like, well, I think she's crying like that because she realizes she has a lot of makeup on. So she's trying her best to keep the tears away from the makeup. And I was like, okay. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm looking at her. She's like bobbing her head up and down and doing all that. I'm like, very soap opera-y. Very like... Let's play the drama up as much as possible. Everybody will flock to me and make sure I'm okay. Do I think that she does have some emotions about you know her mother passing and getting all the this stuff and whatever? Sure, yes. The stuff came today. Oh, how does that excuse her behavior from the wine tasting? That's a good I don't point. It does. That's a good point. But I agree. I think and <laughs> I texted you. This is sad. And then I said, Oh, never mind. Like a few minutes later, because the yeah. scene ends and like. I don't want to discredit it entirely. Like, yes, she's going through a really hard time, but the way she like snaps out of it, like she just starts laughing and then they like all like kumbayaing again and like everything's fine. The quick turnaround for me, I was like, whoa, whoa, like you were just like bawling. This yep. was like earth shattering. You had this big moment where you take the blame for being an asshole. You take the blame for yelling at Sutton. You say the anger is not directed at her. It's directed towards just this situation and like losing your mother and you have a lot of emotions. You're not, you don't know how to handle them. Like to go from that earth shattering, like revelation of coming to terms. And then to just like, I'm good. I was like, this, oh. is, this is what I needed. I needed all of my friends to just say, we love you and we're here for you. Yeah. But they say that to her all the time anyway. Yeah. They've been doing it the entire time. And like, here's the thing I should have, seen this coming because i always look for the writing on the wall for these things and they showed in the beginning of the episode and i took a second i was like wait what the fuck they showed lisa in mexico saying hi to lois because some birds went by with birds and i stopped and i was like wait why is she in mexico oh they're showing a flashback why are they showing a flashback like i usually do that i usually go into that that mode where i'm like why are they showing this is this going to be an important play later like, are they making sure that we know that her mom passed away because she's going to use this as an excuse later? Usually I do that and I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, fuck, missed it. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like the way that she just completely stopped. I think she got maybe a little embarrassed 
and realized like i don't know, I don't know if she that. was drunk i don't think or she what, I think but you can say a lot of things about lisa renna i don't think she's ever embarrassed that's probably fair like yeah. she seems to just like even in that moment she's like oh i did say that like she eventually admits like oh i did tell her to go fuck herself yeah. like i did oh, i also that's, thought it was really like, funny that's not great <laughs> i also no. thought it was really funny that garcelle pointed out how long has melissa etheridge been back there like oh, did she hear everything she had she just to waiting like she must have that's not i mean it's a big room for a house and she's just behind a curtain and she was supposed to go on at pk said seven o'clock <laughs> i wonder so what time it was like she actually came i wish on. they showed us they should have been there like should have been a o'clock. clock in the corner like yeah countdown to melissa like negative two minutes negative P- four minutes <laughs> <laughs> pk just like going fumbling around with the lights PK like, keeps the fucking the lights up i felt so bad for him that was like a moment where i wanted him to succeed like you can do this dude like, oh come how about on the man romance oh between him and mo I got a little eh, touchy a little Dude. weird well when he he's playing with fire because he played that game with mo he's like all right take all wives out of it you'll rank the group they gifted him a versace belt oh that was from him i, when I must we make it down. big i'll gift you a versace belt i'm holding you to that all right that's fine i'm holding you to that guys keep listening so as that i can get a versace can then belt. play the game of let's take our wives out of this let's ta- i'm not playing that game with you absolutely <laughs> not and mo played it the right way he went two for two yep he's like my wife no your wife now take then pk that little slimy dude is like no no come on man like let me hear it give it to me <laughs> i've got these fresh teeth i'm ready to go he's like one two three he drops a firm Erica. Oh yeah, a heavy Erica. After well, and they they prefaced it. I by think he got about... American real quick. It was like Erica. <laughs> <laughs> well, how old is PK? Ooh, I think he's, he's right up her 60? alley. Sixty. She said she's dating a guy who's sixty. Yeah, no, she's not dating. They, oh yeah, just, they just fucking. They just have sex. Yeah. Well, that's dating. No, that's sex. According to Dorit, that's dating. No, no yeah. that's just sex. But. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a little much. And then, like, they're sitting next to each other. And, like, I get it. They're boys. They love seeing each other. It's a good time. That's just a dangerous game. But every time that they pan over to them, like, Mauricio has his arm around them. They're, like, very chummy and together. And I'm like, what? Like Maybe they're all swingers. A little much, yeah. Maybe hot, they are. I mean, the white game take. makes a lot of sense. Hot take. Could be. Maybe. And you know what? We can wrap up Rob Ho with that. Yeah. We'll leave you guys with that yeah, before yeah. we get into some a little questions. nugget at the end. Yeah. Hot take from the bros. That takes us to um, Shooter's favorite part of the show, the questions. Um, and up first we have from the Bravo Bottoms. Does the recent news change any opinion on Teresa? No, and I, I think we talked about that. With, yeah, we got into it. Like, we were already kind of feeling that way. Well, actually, I guess we can take this one of two ways. I'm going to choose to take it this way, but we were already kind of like feeling down on her, not really wanting to see her on the camera anymore. But the recent news, yeah, from the wedding, she was a bridezilla. That's what we expected. Yep. But it sounds like she's letting Louie kind of defend her, which is a different change of pace. Is, so, well, you can't say, is she or is. I didn't Louis hear getting charged by Joe and has to defend. Well, himself. I think that he was the one that was like sticking his finger in it. So I don't really know. I, I didn't hear anything about Teresa yelling at Melissa. Or I didn't either, at Joe. actually, but I'm sure. It ha- I don't know. Well, but, I, I don't know. Yeah. To answer the question a little bit. Oh, I'll bluntly answer. It hasn't changed my opinion <laughs> in any way, shape or form. I've always been out on her. So it just solidifies my opinion. That's fine. 
Up next from ADK Hero. Hero. Hero ends with an X. So if I if I butchered that pronunciation, I will try to do better next time. But who do you think is in the right? I believe Teresa will always be blamed for everything. Oh, interesting stance. That's a good point. I, who's in the right between who? How are we taking this one? Um, I'll say who's in the right between, between Marge and No, let's do like between Teresa and like Joe and Melissa not going to the wedding. How about that? Uh, I actually think that Joe and Melissa are in the right one. I mean, yeah, obviously it's your sister's wedding, but it is her second wedding. If you don't want you to be the focus of the drama, then don't go. Yeah. So I'm kind of on their side with this one. I agree. I, I'm definitely on their side. I don't think that there's any reason for them to go. Uh, one, because they're spreading scathing rumors about your marriage, allegedly. Um, and two, to be a good brother-in-law, like you said, like that's going to pull the attention off of the wedding. I don't know if it actually would have just because of Teresa, but um, yeah, I, I think that Joe and Melissa were right as well. Yeah. Then our last question comes from Molly Mills 0123. Which three Bravo Lebs do you think would be the biggest nightmare to endure a two week COVID quarantine with? Oh, there's so many, <laughs> so many candidates. Molly Mills, great question. Jeez, how do I cut it down to just three? Um, I'm going to say Dorinda, this is all going to be like probably recency bias, but I'm going to say Dorinda, probably Sutton, just because we saw how sad she got. That'd be a real downer. (laughs) That's, she was alone. All right. Well, she wouldn't be alone, but she'd probably still be sad. How do you know? She doesn't strike. She's never sad. Oh, that's This is my answer. You're a dick. (laughs) Anyway. I'm going Dorinda, Sutton, and Teresa, obviously. I mean, that's probably the number one pick. Okay. Okay. So you stayed in the in the housewife realm. This was a Bravo Leb. By the way, confirmation that Bravo Leb is a word. You said Bravo Liberty. Oh, I did? Yeah. Is it not that? Just Bravo Leb. Oh, fuck. All right. Because I saw that like the next week, too, and I remembered what you said. Oh, all right. Well, close. close. That was close. Um, my three would be Jax, number one. Could not stand being in the same room as him. Um, number two, oh, Patricia and Whitney. <laughs> Just lump them together. Boom, done. It's one person. That's one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Patricia and Whitney and Shep. Yeah. If I, oh my God, you want me to like throw myself out of a window? Like that would literally, that's my fucking nightmare. Uh, now I'm starting to like, visualize it a little bit like oh my god that would be the worst quarantine in the history of quarantine. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer yeah Ooh. that's a good draft that is a good draft i win <laughs> <laughs> but that wraps it up for us tonight um remember we are headed out west um the weekend of september 11th is the show in san diego for tom sandoval and the most extras you got anything else no i'm good all right. Well, remember to follow us on Instagram at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at Brav underscore bros. And follow us on TikTok at Brav bros, no underscore. Um, we got like 13,000 of you on there now. It's really cool. So keep following. Keep listening. We love you guys. Uh, Brav bros are out of here. See you next week. We are out. Bye.